Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, the post. Super wild card weekend edition of the show. There is still one more game to be played. Technically, as we are starting the recording of this show, there is one more game in in progress. Jamie and I feel extremely comfortable talking about all of the games that have happened on Super Wild Card Weekend. If the Steelers come back and win this game, I'll quit the show, Chris. Okay, so there you have it. You now know that if the show ends and it's just me signing off, you know what happened to Jamie. You know what happened to the Chiefs. You know what happened to the Steelers. Uh, Lots of football to get into. Lots of Coaching decisions, coaching blunders. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to get Oof. into over the five games that we had uh, over the, the weekend. Uh, so very excited to get into that. But got to tell you, listen, we got divisional round coming up. We got conference championship. We got Super Bowl week coming up as well. Bet online, your spot, your place to bet on all of the football action. They remain your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year, new updated desktop and mobile website. And when you sign up today, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Jamie, we go back all the way. You're going to have to go back all the way to Saturday afternoon. For the first game that we have to talk about here on the show, the in game our, feels like two weeks ago. Considering all the things that have happened since that game, yes, that game felt like it happened in Week 14 of the regular season. The Bengals hold on; they make a stand on fourth and goal, the final play of the game to win 26 to 19 in a football game that had a lot going on, had a lot of interesting decisions there late in the fourth quarter. You're going to hear that theme a lot over the course of some of the games that we are going to talk about here. Uh, Jamie, big win for the Bengals, their first playoff win in 31 years. That is not a typo. That is not a misprint. Their first win in 31 years in the postseason. It is Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and company that get the job done. I get, I pass the baton to you, my friend. Where would you like to start in breaking this one down? It's the first Bengals victory you and I have ever seen while alive in the postseason. Like that's, Isn't that crazy? That's, that's pretty, crazy. Especially considering like how many fairly decent years the Marvin Lewis Bengals had. Uh, they made they, the playoffs. With, they played my team in the playoffs. Yeah, I watched them play a playoff game with Dalton and Palmer, and it, it's interesting. You go back to thinking about like the year they had with Palmer there, and then Akimo Van Olhofen falls into Palmer's knee in, in a game that I thought that the Bengals were probably could have been better team in that game. It, it, it's crazy to think about, but where, where else can we start here? We need to talk about the entire last series of this game. Because it got off to a bad start and ended even poorly. The first down play and what we're talking about here is as much as we, you know, the Raiders fought back, fought back, fought back, got themselves in position, spike it on first and goal, which Hmm. was an intriguing decision with a little bit more than 30 seconds left. So it only gives themselves three plays at the end zone instead of four. And then the fourth down play is curl flats where they have Waller and Renfro running flat routes, nowhere near the end zone. They have what, Zay Jones, and who was the other option? Was it Foster Moreau? I didn't see who the other inside Might have been, pass yeah. catcher was running curls, but Zay Jones doesn't want to curl into the end zone and ends up getting picked off. And If he catches that ball, he doesn't get in the end zone either. So yeah, even yeah. if the play there was works no as designed, Correct. he does not get in. The game is over. 
The Bengals still have their first playoff win in 31 years. The design was horrible. And again, Jamie, to, to back up to the spike play on first down, it wasn't as if it was a massive gain, right? Where the, the Derek Carr take, takes a shot down the field from midfield and it's down inside the 10-yard the line and they got to get up there and clock it. They had been moving down the field and it was not a big game. It wasn't like they were in a rush that seconds were so precious. They were right there. He could have very calmly, very quickly called the play. Derek Carr is very good at this. He's been in these situations before. It's not like this is unfamiliar territory for the Raiders and Derek Carr. They showed that the statistic. He was like 7 for 13 in his career when having the ball in the fourth quarter on a drive to either tie the game or to win the game. He's pretty good in these spots. And he could have very easily just called the play, a little quick out, try to get out of bounds, stop the clock. If it's an incomplete pass, oh, so be it. But you even need despite to really the stop ball, the clock there. Like, you could run a play in the middle. I mean, you, I mean, you right. don't want to get tackled in the field of play, but you could have. But you could. Like, it, wasn't, it wouldn't have ended the game. You still would have had plenty of time to run multiple plays there. It was just – it was odd because everybody got up and set really quickly. Like, it, it was one of those scenarios where everybody was kind of in position. I'm surprised they didn't have a, a second play call there, uh, you know, ahead of time. But – Alas, you know, look, the, at the end of the day, they made a real heck of a run here. I mean, this is – when you talk about particularly off-the-field stuff that the Raiders franchise had to go through uh, this season, it, it was a lot. Uh, you know, obviously the John Gruden stuff, the Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, uh, even the Nate Hobbs stuff a little bit that happened right before the postseason. Like, this was this was a franchise that had to go through a lot, and Rich, Rich Basaccia deserves a ton of credit. I know you and, and Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs talked about this on the latest uh, one of the Draft Dudes podcasts from last week, why Bisaccia earned a, a vote for you, a fifth-place vote in, in our Coach of the Year thing with the t- at thedraftnetwork.com. But uh, I don't think he's going to be the coach there next year. I think he's done enough to deserve the job, but I feel like this is a team that's going to want to make a quote-unquote splash hire, and, and keeping your interim coach and, and promoting him to full-time coach isn't a splash hire. But I got to give the Raiders a lot of credit. This was a team that was sitting at 500 midseason, didn't have a coach, had their, their, I guess I should say, number three, you know, number one deep threat, number three pass catcher, uh, get a DUI and kill somebody. I, I mean, and, and it, it just like, it, it was just one of those years where everything could have gone off the rails for them completely. And they ended up making that run into the postseason. And uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for it. They've got a lot of lot of change coming this offseason, though. What's up with Mayock? Where's the head coach going? Does Derek Carr want out? Do they want Derek Carr? I mean, there's a lot of change that is coming to this roster over the summer. They could have very easily uh, finished the season with a losing record and have missed the playoffs. And I think everyone would have understood that there just had been so much that had gone wrong and had gone against that team. Uh, the entire season that, yeah, the, the, no surprise that this season ended the way that it did. But you got to give credit to the leaders in Basaccia and in Derek Carr, just to name two of the leaders that that team had to rally them and get them to a point where they had the ball in the final seconds, the final play of the game with a chance to send it into overtime in the postseason. By the way, I think they would have gone for two if they would have gotten it. I think they would have they would have gone for the win right there on the road to try to take care of business and win that playoff game. Certainly, I would have if I was the coach. They didn't I get hope that, that opportunity. they wouldn't have because I had a ticket on the game going. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you, your your bets this week were they were they they, oh, teased they you all I, weekend. I I, be, I was almost uh, a multi thousandaire. Yeah, almost. Almost doesn't count for shit. Oh for four, oh for four this weekend, I believe. Uh, yeah. So I missed out on an eleven leg parlay by one. I missed out on two five leg parlays. By one, I missed out on an overtime bet by one play. Other than that, it's been fantastic. It's been dandy, uh, Jamie. Fabulous. I did okay in DFS. I'll, 
I'll Although be completely. Both, I, I, I should get to the Bengals here. We should talk about Cincinnati, the team that won. This well, they're game. gonna play. We're gonna talk about them next week too. But yeah, but, an incredible performance by them. Uh, I'm surprised Jamar Zach Chase. Taylor didn't go for it. By the way, with about six minutes left, takes the field goal to go up two possessions. I thought he was going to go for it because he goes for it. game's basically over at that point, but kicks the field goal, makes it a two-possession game. And then the Raiders decide to down two possessions with like five minutes left, go on the slowest drive when you have to have urgency. Yeah. I've ever seen a coaching staff employ. They will burn one of their timeouts. It was they were just nonchalant about it. But listen, credit what credit is. And they still had a chance to win. But look, Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow, excellent in this game. CJ Uzoma was a, a true X factor for this team. There was that one throw over the middle of the field, a laser from Burrow to CJ Uzoma that was just not fair. Like Uzoma was laughing on his way to the ground as he was being tackled. Like it was that ridiculous. Really exciting. Them versus Tennessee next round. It, it's going to be interesting because everybody's going to be so focused and have, everybody's already decided that Buffalo and Kansas City is the quote unquote real AFC championship. Uh, but Cincinnati, Tennessee is going to be a really, really fun game, fun. particularly if Derrick Henry comes back and plays in that matchup. Um, the, the next game up that we are going to talk about, I will admit, I will raise my hand here on the show. I was doing some things Saturday afternoon. I was not in my home watching the Bengals Raiders game. I decided, you know what? This is my chance. I will leave the place that I am at. I will head home. I will get myself set up for the evening so I can enjoy the game uh, from the comfort of my own couch. I got home. I turned the game on. I sat myself down on the couch in my living and room. And I watched Devin Singletary score to make it 27-0. I proceeded to get up. I hit the remote on my TV channel. And I went and watched a movie, Jamie, because that was it. Because I had seen enough from this Patriots offense over the last month of the season with Mac Jones to know that there was no chance Vince McMahon, no chance in hell that they were going to come back down 27 nothing on the road against Buffalo. It was all she wrote. 47-17? No. That score is not even indicative of how much of a blowout this was. The Bills were all over this football team. Scored on every one of their drives. Scored all sorts of touchdowns. They had the backups in the game. This Bills team's peaking at the right time, Jamie. I was so excited for this game, too. I, yeah, well, I believe I said on our How quickly did your excitement go away? Very quickly. Uh, you know, I believe I said this on the podcast as well this was the game i thought was going to be the most enjoyable game of wildcard weekend and it was well i was gonna say it's the least enjoyable game of wildcard weekend but i I don't know if i could say that i had to watch eagles box which we'll get to in a second which was an absolute disaster and this this night game ain't any better as travis kelsey as we talk right now is throwing i mean they don't even care so much travis kelsey's throwing touchdowns to byron pringle that's how bad this this sunday night game has become for for them but uh look from this game I don't think it's hyperbole to say that that's probably the best offensive game I've ever seen a team play from Buffalo standpoint. Never punting. They didn't, they didn't punt. The only they negative play was a over. kneel down. They didn't kick. Oh, but Jamie, they didn't punt. They didn't kick a field goal. And they didn't turn the ball over. You want to talk about you, offensive What more you can ask for? Yeah, I, you can't do any better than that. And it's funny because like the next day, like Brian Dable had interviews. And it must have been like, what, what does he go in and say? Like, did you watch the game no, no, no. last night? This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. You log in because obviously as the coach, you have access to the NFL Game Pass library a little bit earlier than everybody else. You in the Zoom meeting, you ask the, the host of the meeting, hello, can you allow me to share my screen? And you share your screen and you just put up the the, the highlights and the, you the say- condensed, this, Yeah, the 45-minute condensed yeah, game and be this, like, just watch this. this. Is, I'll be back in 45 minutes. We'll yeah. talk. If you have any questions, any qu- you let me know. You let me know. That's what I would have done. That's it. I rest my case. head coach, Brian Dable. 
mean, what more is there to say about this Buffalo team? Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Dawson Knox, if they're struggling against New England in the regular season, did not struggle here. Catches a throwaway for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Uh, but to me, the big story is Devin Singletary, because if there's one thing this team was unable to do last year and for up until about three weeks ago this year, on the any semblance of an effective running game. And he's been really good, really good for that. Obviously, they didn't need to have a ridiculous running game here because Josh Allen was just beating them up himself in a one-man band here. But they're going to need a solid running game if they're going to compete with the Chiefs. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to this game because both teams are relatively healthy, particularly with their star players. And I'm excited to see what the, these two uh, stallions go head-to-head here for a shot in the AFC Championship game. Uh, we will move to the Sunday games, three of them to discuss here on the show. The The first one of the day, the Bucks beat the Eagles 31-15. to uh, It wasn't this close. The Bucks had a 31-0 lead when the fourth quarter started. Some garbage time touchdown uh, from the Eagles. But, Jamie, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned that a team whose all nine of their wins came against teams with losing records when they matched up against a really well, good no, no, team. No. Didn't, 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 the Eagles beat the, or didn't the Eagles beat the Saints? So, technically, Saints were 9-8. and eight. Technically, they had a win. When most, if not all, of your wins <laughs> came against teams without a winning record, when you were faced with an elite team, one of the top teams, one of the top contenders in the NFC, I am stunned that this team struggled. And, Jamie, I said it to you. You and I were going back and forth um, off of the microphones. You and I share thoughts throughout these games. And I said to you, it is really tough to run the offense that the Eagles want to run when you are down two scores, three scores very, very quickly. And that's where the Eagles found themselves in. And once you're down 17, 21 points, it's really tough to run the ball and go on these long drives. You got to score, you got to score quickly. And they were not able to do that. No, they were all discombobulated from the start here. They got, they, got, they get down 14 nothing in the first. And, you know, Devonta Smith, uh, sorry not to cut you off, but Devonta Smith doesn't get his first target till like two minutes to go in the first half, which was ridiculous. They with Goddard. Like, there's a lo- long stretch in that first half with no, no targets to Goddard or Devonta Smith. Uh, look, this game, the, the Eagles were completely and utterly outmatched in pretty much every facet of the game, including coaching, by the way. Uh, I This was not a great game for Nick Sirianni. This was not a great game for Jalen Hurts, and I thought both of them deserved equal amounts of blame for, like, least valuable people for the Eagles in this game. Um, Jalen Rager might get cut based off <laughs> this game. Uh, that's kind of got to be the final straw for him. But, look, the reality is is the Eagles were completely outmatched in this matchup, even as banged up as the Buccaneers were. Obviously, no Leonard Fournette, no Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown. Uh, Tristan Wurst gets hurt, comes back, gets hurt again. Ryan Jensen gets hurt, comes back. Their backup left t- right tackle gets hurt, comes back. Like the, the the Bucks were really banged up, and they were still head, shoulders, and- knees, and toes above the Eagles in this game. And Tom was not sharp in the first quarter. He was not. He was missing some throws. He was not totally accurate. The door was open for the Eagles to keep this thing competitive and to put some pressure. They he couldn't get anything going offensively. And then you give Brady that many opportunities, he's he's going to all of a sudden figure it out. He's the greatest of all time for a reason. And they did. And, Jamie, I love it. And, and rightfully so, they are missing a lot of weapons. But I do think everybody kind of in all of this forgot – Hello, Mike Evans is still a thing. He's still a very, very, very good wide receiver. And he has a big day as well. Nine catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, They used him a bunch. phenomenal. Still somehow underrated. Like, Mike Evans is on a path to go to Canton. And I don't think people realize how good he has been from pretty much the go uh, with a lot of different quarterback options there. 
I want to give the Buccaneers defense a little bit of credit here as well. Uh, like you said, if you didn't watch this game, you see the 15 on the scoreboard. Uh, not indicative uh, of of how dominant of a force that this defense was uh, in this game. Jordan Whitehead Jordan was Whitehead all, all over, the place. over the place. Yeah, uh, was... They were physical. They were decisive. Yep. They were making plays. And yes, as bad as I thought the game plan was and as bad as I thought Jalen Hurts was, at least half the reason for the as bad as they looked was how good the Buccaneers defense was. And uh, Todd Bowles, aside, you know, in those first three quarters, when he's aside from the garbage time, because if you remember, they had that big garbage time kind of come back against Tampa in the regular season game. Bowles and that defense have been really, really strong uh, against Jalen Hurts and this Eagles team. And, uh, you know, the Buccaneers are going to play the winner of the Monday night game. They're going to host them. It should be a really interesting matchup. Uh, we'll see when the, when the schedule isn't fully out yet, but uh, I'm excited to see when when that takes place. I'm assuming uh, it's going to be a Sunday game because I don't think they want the teams that are playing on Monday night to play on a Saturday. I feel like I that'd would agree. Be, so I, would I imagine agree. that's going to be one of the Sunday games. Jamie, in a playoff game that, considering the two fan bases, is going to be one of the most watched games of the weekend. Also, the most talked about game of the weekend. It might be Bar the game nine. that set the NFL back 15, 20 years with the way that the fourth quarter was coached by both but teams. The whole game, the f- like the forty. Hold on, hold on. This can, for a second. Can we just, just, can I just set it up? Let me yes. just set it up first, please. Yes. The 49ers beat the Cowboys 23 to 17. Okay, I've now told you who's who's won if maybe you didn't watch any of the games today. Go ahead, Jamie. Please talk about the lovely coaching that we saw today and, and this entire weekend. This game. These are supposed to be the best of the best, right? Like we're supposed to be in the playoffs. The 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 officiating in this wild card weekend was atrocious. The Can you help me with something? Can you help atrocious. me with something on the officiating? Sure, I'd Can love you help to. me with something? So we we do this thing where we take the best of the best officials. That's what they say. And then we remove them from the crews that they're good with, the crews that they've worked the entire season with, and then we put different crews together for playoff games, and we wonder why we have the problems like we did. Because, by the way, can we back up for a second? Again, because this game felt like it happened six months ago, I forgot that I wanted to bring this up. You mentioned officiating. There were back-to-back plays in the Cincinnati Vegas. Yeah, the game. whistle. There was so much bad officiating. We forgot about the Tyler Bird whistle. So you had the whistle play, which they defended post game. But then we had the two plays back to back that I messaged you about, in which uh, Brian Edwards makes a catch that they rule incomplete, and then yeah. whatever whatever rule we the have where team. New York, wherever New York can get involved, they get involved and they say no, that's actually a catch. Can you please fix it? And then they fix it. Then on the very next play which was such a great juxtaposition of how poor the officiating is in the NFL and this idea of that we want to get it right. On the next play, Hunter Renfro makes what appears to be a catch up the left sideline, and the moment you looked at one replay, you know that he didn't get both feet down, make yeah, a football very move, clearly and it was, was not a catch. catch. And all of a sudden, here come the Raiders running up the field, trying to spike the ball so that they are trying to run a play so that they don't have to, that this, this can't get challenged. And now all of the onus is now on the um, Zach Taylor and his sideline to very quickly throw a challenge flag. If the idea is to get it right, then let's get it right. Because it's just ridiculous that you force a coach to potentially throw a challenge, a challenge flag in this spot. To if, if he doesn't know, if his replay guy can't get to him in enough time, that's ridiculous. If you're going to get it right, get it right. And I thought those plays being back-to-back was, was absurd. And then you had the whistle thing. Sorry, I, we totally no, no, forgot it, to touch on this earlier. It's, it was ridiculous. It, it was just absolutely brutal all, all weekend long. And this game... Between the and, the and we're back to the Niners Cowboys game here. Like between both teams, I mean, look the the, the Cowboys were clearly the worst coached of the group. Franchise record Shanahan for penalties did not have a, a great fourth quarter. What? Yeah, what is it? Seventeen. They had. What was the number they, of penalties? Had four, they had fourteen 14? before I think the Gregory hold. So I think they ended up with fifteen penalties. I will check though. 
as the uh, host of the show, I feel no, like I should four, have those. So 14 is what they... Uh, okay, so 14 penalties. But there were 23 total penalties in this game. Accepted penalties. I'm not sure. I, I don't see what the, the unaccepted ones might have been. But it was a disaster. Um, I, two teams that I, I thought extremely poorly coached for most of this game, particularly in the second half. Like, I don't know what... what San Francisco was doing for half this game. At least the Cowboys were consistently terrible from the f- opening whistle to the final mm-hmm. drive. They were consistently terrible, uh, literally to the final play, uh, making coaching blunders. Uh, but uh, San Francisco absolutely let them get back in this game, slash Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> One of the worst in interceptions you'll ever see a quarterback throw. I don't know what he's what he's doing on that play. It, it, it was just a weird game. But like to me, I, I look at this, and we talked about this on the preview show, and this is why it was so difficult for me to kind of – and I went back and forth like six times when we talked about this. San Francisco's first half of this game was exactly what I – if you were a Cowboys fan, what you feared. Which And it was what I was worried about when I was going to pick the Cowboys or not pick the Cowboys was that I thought they'd be able to run the ball very effectively, and I thought they would work Brandon Ayuk on some double moves on Trevon Diggs. And by the way, it worked. And I'm sorry, Trevon Diggs does not deserve to be an all-pro. I, I don't even think he deserves to be a pro bowler. I, I know he got the 11 picks. Uh, he's one of the, From a coverage standpoint, he's one of the worst cornerbacks in the league. I just flat out said it. Sorry. He did not Send have a good game. To and- me. And as somebody who gave him a fifth place vote for defensive player of the year, I would like to uh, resubmit my ballot if that would be okay yeah, with the take him off your who, list. Who, who looked at the ballot? If if Trevon Diggs had five picks this year instead of eleven, we'd be talking I, about him yeah, as a draft, correct? Post, just like we were last year. So just something to kind of keep in mind there. But it's not about Trevon Diggs. He's not the reason why they lost this game. Uh, I would not be surprised if by the next time we do this podcast, the Cowboys have a new head coach. Um, whether that's deserved or not. It's probably not deserved, but if Jerry Jones wants to avoid losing Kellen Moore and look, they face a very real possibility if they retain Mike McCarthy that both Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are gone this offseason. I don't know. Whatever Kellen Moore draw, drew up on that last play of that game, I think is going to disqualify him from any Zoom interviews or being a head coach for a little bit. No, can we look, talk, Kellen Moore didn't talk game about, either, by the way. Can we talk about the fourth quarter just from the Cowboys perspective just sure. for a second? There were three things that baffled me in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys are down 16 points. They run a fake punt to pick up the first down. Yeah. And what this genius coaching staff decides to do. They did the way, they run, tried to do what Arizona did to them. And then they messed they, it up. They run the no huddle with their punt unit and get everybody up to the line. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to force the 49ers into calling a timeout. And Kyle Shanahan company said, yeah, bet. We, we dare you to run a play. We <laughs> yeah, trust play. our guys. We dare you to run a play. We dare you. So what do the what do the Cowboys do? Okay, now we're going to get our offense on the field. And now they can't get the offense on the field and get the ball snapped in time, so they take a delay of game penalty. You are down 16 points at home to a team that you probably should be beating when you compare the way the two teams have played this season. You're down 16 points at home. You've been poorly coached. You've committed penalties on all, over, all over the place. And now you're getting cute and running plays that you haven't run the entire season. Here in the in the fourth quarter of a playoff game with your season on the line down 16. Mike McCarthy it's, deserved to get fired just for that decision alone. And by the way, for those that were complaining about the, the umpire getting in the way. We'll okay. get to that play. We'll get well, no, there. No, 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 no. Because there were people complaining about that for this play too. The rule is, is when the offense makes substitutions, the defense is allowed an opportunity to make substitutions. So... 
by Dallas making the decision with less than 20 seconds on the play clock to completely run a new group of 11 on the field. The ump's got to hold the ball. The defense is allowed an opportunity to see the personnel and match personnel, and it is not – the offense is not awarded any extra time to do this. So if you can't get – if you have to – and this happens, by the way, several times a season, usually not in these prominent of a moments, but where offense makes a late substitution ends up having to take a delay a game or a timeout because they're, they're not able to snap the ball because they have to let the defense make a substitution. So that was the correct play. By the way, both of them were correct plays by officials in, in terms of how this goes. We'll talk about how this game ends. So now we get to the second weird decision. I believe the score was 23 to 7 at this time, I believe. And the Cowboys decide down 16 in the fourth quarter. I think there was like, I don't know, eight or nine minutes left to kick a field goal to cut the already two possession game to To a two possession game. Checks notes, two possession game. Because Mike McCarthy is apparently just not allowed to go for it on fourth down, doesn't believe in it. So then you had that decision, which, by the way, almost cost them. If it wasn't, if Jimmy G doesn't throw the interception, that decision right there would have cost them the game because they wouldn't have gotten the ball back with any chance. No, if, if Jimmy G doesn't forego the wide open, open player wide right in front of him to literally throw it to a cowboy, then yeah, they never. Get then the that ball does, they never touch the ball again. So that's decision number two. Then decision number three, with 14 seconds left, not a timeout. The 49ers openly playing a defense. I don't think I've seen a defense play in a while in which they are like security guards blocking the sideline off. The entire middle of the field is available to the Cowboys, but they don't have a timeout on third and inches, fourth and inches, whatever it was. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, whoever's the play caller there. Kellen Moore calls a QB draw. Decides to run a QB draw with his quarterback who takes it a little bit too far down the field, slides, and then they can't get the snap off to have one more play. So and keep in mind, here's the context of it. They are able to move the ball down because San Francisco, for whatever reason, forgot that they should probably guard the sidelines for the entire last drive there. So this ball's on the plus 40 for Dallas. And at this point, they would have you had have, a shot at the end zone anyway. That's the thing. You have the, you here's the scenario that they have. You have two shots from the 40, or what they were trying to draw up. Let's pretend it worked perfectly. The perfect thing there is Dak doesn't slide at the 25. Dak slides at the tw- uh, at the 30. They get up. They clock it. They won one play. Even that to me is incorrect. I would take two shots from the 40 before I would take one from the 30 or even one from the 25. Let's pretend they had five extra seconds. I would still take two shots from the 40 before I would take one shot from the 25. Given the fact that they've thrown 80 gajillion penalty flags in this game and again, I'm again not, not a math major, but two is better than one. And I'd love to see what the probability difference between converting that from the extra 15 yards would be. But I, it was just it was it was now so obvious to me how the Falcons blew that 28 to three lead. Watching Shanahan and Dan Quinn <laughs> at, at different points in this game just attempt to just like make no sense. I get it. And by the way, by the way, the only reason why the Cowboys got the ball back was because on a fourth and inches, after we had a lengthy review to determine the spot of the ball, the the 49ers had an illegal formation on a QB sneak that, that gave the Cowboys the ball back. It coaching blunders all over the place. Penalties, it was, just, it, it, was it was a all disaster. Over the place. It was a disaster. An absolute game. dumpster fire. The final four minutes of that game, it was like watching the final 30 seconds of an NBA game. It took forever. It, it, this was such a weird, again, 
this is supposed to be the best of the best teams, coaches, officials. Uh, not in this super game. Super wild card weekend did not live up to that hype. And now this is the last game, which was go to as Lambeau. bad as we expected. Yeah. They got to go to Lambeau, potentially without Bosa, without Warner, who, by the way, both get hurt in this game. Although Warner kind of, I mean, well, I'm going to see Warner. Warner was jumping was, up and down the sideline. He Warner was, looked okay. Yeah, it, did, it did feel like if, if that game. Bosa will see concussion depending on when the, so uh, the, the schedule isn't out yet, but I, I've kind of, one of my, my favorite things to do is to try to predict is to incorrectly, because I almost never write, but I predict what they're going to do schedule wise. I believe there are two Fox games next week, along with one CBS and one NBC. We've already talked about how I feel like the Monday night winner versus Tampa has to be a Sunday game because I don't think they're going to want a team to do a Monday-Saturday turnaround. So it kind of feels like if that's the case, that San Francisco-Green Bay has got to be the night game, right? It's got to be that Saturday night game. So you do – So do you, do you? okay, so do you do Bills-Chiefs 4.30 Saturday and then you do 49ers-Packers and then on Sunday you have Titans-Bengals and then – Cardinals, Rams, Bucks. Yeah, because I'm trying to see also where like the only other thing that to take into consideration here is do they want to make sure everybody's got like as I'm trying to say it's not really like an equal rest scenario because they're going to all play them. So that, that's my running theory right now. Because I'm imagine you're going to get uh, a Fox game and an NBC game on Saturday, and then a CBS and a Fox game on Sunday. That would be so, prevailing wisdom. Yes. So yeah, so that, that I'm of the mind that we are looking at a. I mean, I guess they could. They have put both conferences on at the same time before. Like they have gone NFC, NFC, AFC, AFC before. So it, they can do whatever the hell they want. But yeah, I actually think that we could actually be in a spot where we get both major games on Saturday. We get the both huge games: Kansas City, Buffalo, and Green Bay, San Francisco on Saturday. It's possible. And it would be uh, would be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Jamie, there's one more game for us to talk about. Do you feel comfortable talking about it? Do you, do you yeah. feel? Okay. I do. There's seven uh, minutes look. left, and the Steelers are down 21 points or so. Yeah. I mean, it, this it, it's nice. But, like, this, it's over. It's over. For uh, a moment well, there, they played well in the first quarter. I thought, oh, boy, what's going on Yeah, this here? was they a 7-0 th- Pittsburgh game at one point. And they then, got they had turnovers, defensive touchdown, any every everything you need when you're on the road looking for an upset. The Steelers had the momentum going early, and then they don't have? the Chiefs. The Chiefs recognized, oh, we have Patrick Mahomes, we have Travis Kelsey, we have Andy Reid. We're good at this offense thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's go score a bunch of points. We have Patrick Mahomes in an offense, and they have a crumbling pile of dust at quarterback. That that's yeah. what they realized. Um, and look. He, uh, did we expect anything different? Like, did we really, in our heart of hearts, the second that your boy Brandon Staley put us in this scenario? What has happened? What? Why? Why have I become the Brandon Staley defender at TDN? Because I know, I know brand. it gets under your skin. It does because people are idiots. People don't understand what happened in the fourth quarter of that football game and in the last couple of minutes, and they also don't understand about Brandon Staley and being aggressive and analytics in the first place. Don't get me started. We're at the end of the show. Don't do this. Okay. So when your boy Brandon Staley called that timeout that changed the course of NFL history. You're the worst. You're the worst person. It forced us to watch this dumpster fire of a Steelers offense play in a playoff game at night. Um, and uh, yeah, this is what we got. This is, this, is, this is what we got. Again, 
it it played out exactly, barring the beginning of the game, it played out exactly the way you thought. The Chiefs were at home. The Chiefs are a better team. The Chiefs have more offensive weapons. The Chiefs are a more talented football team. The Steelers don't have enough to keep up, and that's exactly the way it played out. Over the course of four quarters, the Chiefs did enough. The Steelers could not answer. It's that simple. Yeah, uh, just overall dominant performance. Uh, the one thing that is interesting to note, though, is that Daryl Williams had a terrible game. Um, well, they, it, did you? Did you Got notice benched. how the, when the game when the game started, Jerk McKinnon was the starter from the get go at running back? Yeah, which was yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, and we'll see if Clyde Edwards-Helaire comes back, um, you know, next week, and we'll see. But uh, but it, it just an overall dominating, dominating, dominating performance uh, from Kansas City. And actually, so it's so much so I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I want to talk briefly about the opening lines that I've just received from our good friends at Bet Online. So, oh, okay, uh, you can use that promo code. Was it believe? Believe, uh, B-L-E-A-V. That, yeah, that you can use that right now if you want to actually get ahead and bet on some of these games, Chris. But like last week, I'm going to make you guess. So Okay, I do not uh, have Obviously, we don't have a line it. yet for the Buccaneers game because we're still waiting for the Rams and Cardinals to play each other. Right, but, I don't think it matters. The Bucs are a touchdown favorite against either of those teams. Uh, I bet you they'd be a bigger favorite against Arizona. Uh, I would agree. So uh, it's not really a bold take. It just it, it, It's factual. Okay. So here we go. And by the way, um, according – if they are right – now, I'm not saying these guys are right, but they happen to have uh, – They are the wise guys for a reason, Jamie. They, they are the wise guys next to these for games. a reason. You know what? But, Jamie, you got to understand, we're recording a podcast in which there's a game going on in which they could have announced That's these true. things. That's true. Nobody's going to care about this. All right, all right, whatever. You're right. So, okay. So, so but if they're By the wrong, time you listen to this, you'll know when the times are. But we, in the, in the moment of recording this, have no idea. No, we do not. So, all right. So let, let's start with the game they have first. They are saying the Saturday uh, first game is as predicted. Just kidding. No, not as predicted. Uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee. In the like, it does not matter what happens. You're just we're not putting Cincinnati in anything other than the first Saturday game. Cincinnati, Tennessee. What do you think the opening spread is? Tennessee at home is a five and a half point favorite against Cincinnati. Hmm. Only three. Wow. Just a standard three at home. They might be getting Derrick Henry back. I kind of factored that into my number, but that's uh, I'm assuming they are. Um, this will not. This will be. This will climb. Um, yeah. I think. But, I think it's going to kind of settle where I put it at. Not trying to be a. Not trying to have an ego about it, but. Yeah. I mean, right now there, there's a little bit more juice on the Tennessee side of things, but very uh, interesting. Yeah, I would take Tennessee in that game. Okay, what's the Saturday night game? The night game is as predicted, 49ers at Packers at Lambeau Field. I have no idea. The Packers, man, I just, the 49ers won a football game today, and I want to make them like 10-point dogs to the Packers on the road. Um, I will say this. uh, It is not a double-digit spread. (laughs) Yeah, I think it should be. But I will go that the Packers are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Ooh. You might want to jump on this one then. Is it seven-and-a-half? Four and a half. No, that's that's ridiculous. Did everybody watch what I watched today? Only minus two ten on the money line. The Packers are only minus two ten on the money line. Allow me. I can't use the promo code believe like everyone else can because I'm not a. You already number. used it. I already yeah, used yeah. Bet Online, but you know, okay. So for wow. those of you interested, and then uh, the big game, which right now is they're saying this is going to be. Uh, it looks like the later of the Sunday games. 
uh, obviously there's not a Sunday night game. But there's a, there's there's early afternoon and then late afternoon, and this will be looks like the late afternoon game. The Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, which uh, uh, sign me the f up for it. Uh, what do you think the spread is here? I think I think the standard Bills minus three. You think Bills minus three? Wait, the, what, they're so in Kansas wait, City. I have, they're in Kansas City. Sorry, my brain. Oh, my, Kansas okay, City. Sorry, let me flip this. I, so standard Kansas, City, Kansas minus City minus three. That was what I meant to do. Yes. Close minus two and a half. So there's okay. a slight lean to to Buffalo on a neutral field, but uh, that's that's pretty much mm-hmm. even. But uh, very interesting uh, little game there, and obviously for for the Monday game uh, as we speak right now, three and a half point favorites are the Rams for that game with the, the winner getting to play Tampa Bay. Can I leave you with two random pieces of information? One of which you and I talked about earlier today, the other which we have not. You're supposed to say yes. You're supposed to say yes. You uh, and you're going to do it anyway. You don't need, I know, but you the, need my the, affirmation. For the bit on the yes. show. You're Chris, supposed- yes, I would love Thank you. You, for you to you. read, to talk to me about the two things that you are thinking about on the toilet. I don't know what you're doing. Yes. Three players, no. three players in NFL history have caught a touchdown and have thrown a touchdown in a playoff game. Do you want to try to take a stab at naming the three players before I tell you the three players? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey tonight has done it. That's why he's the third. Nick uh, Foles very famously did it in a Nick Super Foles. Bowl with the, with the Philly special. And for fantasy people, oh, this uh, one will stand out to you. Marcus Mariota did it one time oh, in a game Lord. in which it was a tipped pass from himself that he caught. Remember this whole big thing? Those are the three players that have caught a touchdown wow. and thrown a touchdown in a playoff game. And then I will leave you with this because Jamie made a prediction earlier in the show. This is a direct quote from a press conference. Quote, well, I need to confess. I told Jerry that I watched every play of the 2019 season, but I wanted the job. End quote. McCarthy said with a laugh, quote, I haven't watched every play of the season, but you do what you got to do, right? End quote. That is Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy talking about how he lied and said he watched every play of the 2019 season in order to get a job as a Dallas Cowboys head coach. And it certainly looked like a guy who did know what he was doing out there in the fourth quarter of that football game. So those are the two things that I leave you with here on the show, Jamie. I guess. You think when we do the show on Tuesday, Mike McCarthy's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? You're, are, you, are you doubling down on this take that he's out? Yeah, I, I, I do not expect him to be the head coach when we, talk, when we do our next show on Tuesday. When we do our next show on Tuesday, the third round of Jamie's fantasy football mock draft here on the show. He's making changes because, and it doesn't, I don't think it affects the third round, but some players are declaring to go back to school and they're not coming out for the draft. And so Jamie's got to change some things up here on the board. Again, I don't think it impacts the third no, round. There, no you, rookies you were, going in like the third round here, but, but uh, you were making some changes as, uh, as early as yesterday uh, for Tuesday. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll obviously recap Cardinals Rams because that will have happened. That will be in the rearview mirror at that point. We'll preview the week ahead. And Jamie, you know what I, I thought it would be interesting. Uh, mock draft uh, Monday on the on on the DraftNetwork.com. Kyle's Kyle Krabs' mock draft's already up there. I wonder yep. if we take a look at the some of the fantasy fits for some players in the first round of that mock draft. If there's there some, some fun time ones some on the Tuesday ones. show as well, yes, and that's kind of the reason why there's been a lot of talk about that. So I thought that would be interesting as well. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. And, Jamie, they have, they have announced it on the television screen. Sunday, 6.30 Eastern time, Buffalo and Kansas City. And then the Rams 
Cardinals winner against Tampa will be the three o'clock game on Sunday. There's your Sunday slate. So our friends over at Bet Online had it exactly right. Everybody enjoy the start of your week. Enjoy the last game of Wild Card Weekend on Monday night. We're back on Tuesday to recap it, get you ready for the next round of the playoffs in round three of Jamie's Mock Draft. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.